freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting- Mike on Seattle Sports. Power through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Heward, not exactly Joe Cap there in the pocket. Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. I gotta be honest, that was a wild hour. <laughs> between, between Jed Fish and G Scott. That was a wild hour of radio. If you missed it again, uh, G just told you, you can go to the podcast page, download the whole thing, and listen to it later. We will. Can I just say thank you, by the way, to all the people that do do that? Seriously, we did get to see some of those numbers yesterday. It was a, a little humbling and just awesome, and we don't really you know, say thank you enough to all of you that do tune in and find me and Salk and Justin and Mora and what we do every morning, and my goodness, a commitment that – you know, so many people make Mora and Justin make behind the scenes, cutting up all of the audio, all of the stuff, all of the prep they do to give you and I a yes. game plan to try to follow each and every you day. You don't need to so. throw Justin in there. I mean, let's just be clear. Mora, That's what yeah. Mora does, and yeah. she does an well, unbelievable Justin job. A bro. Justin, I mean, he, Justin will go to your Justin will go to your house and actually help you figure <laughs> out how to download all that yes. stuff, yes. which is it, which is yeah. again a, a huge undertaking that he own. takes on. And I guarantee you, if some of you text and said I need help with that, he would reach out to you and go yeah. to your house. And help gotcha. you do that. Yeah, I sure. firmly believe Justin either had, like, I know I've made a joke about that. I firmly believe Justin would do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got a cooler in the backyard? <laughs> There's. <laughs> yep. You got anything else you need me to fix? We could yep. I got my well, I don't know why here. you made him a tech guy. I think Justin's more likely to, like, build something for you or, like, he could do a little of both. Like, I feel like he's more of a carpenter than a tech guy. You don't think he can do both? Yeah. I think that's what makes no, Justin I mean, I so think interesting. He could probably troubleshoot. Because he's nice. the guy from Montana who's come to Seattle. Because Montana's known as, like, Silicon Valley. No, but <laughs> Seattle is. That's what I was saying. Yes. He's bringing together the carpentry of Montana with yes. the tech culture I did of tell Seattle. You, every time I go home, that's what my first like three days are, is I just get to troubleshoot my family's all of their things. <laughs> well, my that's everyone. My parents. That's everyone but their parents, right? Yeah, I can't, we can't get the Alexa to work anymore up here. We're going to do this. And we, Netflix in the bedroom is disconnected. And it's like, okay. Well, you, uh, you, you are the youth movement, and it was certainly talked about yesterday uh, at the VMAC where, you know, right from the jump it was all about the future and john said it in his introduction and it just kind of went from there i couldn't help but think about it brock mm-hmm. and i and i started the show with it today i'll say it again i felt pretty good as a seahawk you know as a seahawks observer yesterday watching this guy command the room and he did it in a different way from pete i described it in a lot of detail if you go to seattlesports.com i wrote about the experience yesterday but but i'll i'll say it for maybe a third time Instead of filling the room up with words, he relied on the power of fewer. And that doesn't work for me, obviously. I'm, a, I'm, I'm somebody who's going to keep talking and talking. But he and, and so are you probably. But he commanded with his posture, with his um, with his presence. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, by what he didn't say, in addition to the way he said what he did. It gave you a sense in that room of what it's going to be like for him to command... 65 guys. Yeah, you know what it gave him? I'll, I'll, I'll use, I didn't use this word in the column, but maybe I should have. Gravitas. Mm-hmm. He had a level of gravitas. He really did. And I think that helps if you're going to be 36 to sit dead straight. And Brock, I know you said he's short. He's not short. Watching him and Schneider walk down the hall, walk down the aisle together, he's mm-hmm. a few inches taller than John. Mm-hmm. So he's, he's, I know you joked about John looking down on him. Right. That's definitely not the case. He's yep. jacked up. Yep. And and he sits, you know, ramrod straight. 
Yep. And when you put that together, you can exude a presence that goes well beyond his 36 years. Yeah, I had to learn. I guess today it's just kind of interpersonal Friday. I mean, and, and personal Friday. It's a little bit of both. But I had to learn a lesson and thankfully had a producer tell me this, the great Jim Zeroli back in the day. It's like, hey, one little, one little piece of advice. In our coaches' meetings here, some of these coaches that are slow to speak or give room, just because there's some quiet or some silence, don't jump in. Mm-hmm. Let them continue to finish their thought. Mm -hmm. Because anytime, you know, they finish and there's a little pause, you're trying to like jump in, you know, to either help them or comfort Mm -hmm. them or, you know, lead them. Don't let, let them just kind of fill in the rest of the sentence. And you're right with Pete. There was never, never going to be a pause other than no Brock, no Mike. That's not it. That's not it at all. And then he would go about and with McDonald yesterday, it was very, yeah, just very measured, very blunt, and kind of probably not a surprise, as Jed Fish told us about one hour ago, that those two are friendly, that Jed did talk to him before he took this job, that Mike called him and said, hey, tell me about Seattle. Never mm-hmm. been out there. Been an East Coaster most of my life. Do have some family and friends and people on the West Coast, but tell me about it. And not surprised that those two have, you know, created a bond over the last decade plus and will be allies for one another. That's pretty cool for the city of Seattle. They've kind of been in two different silos, right? And Pete has obviously cast a huge shadow for so many of those years over the University of Washington. And then Chris came into the fold and kind of showed, nope, you could be a semifinal, national semifinal, top five team, and and did his thing. And, and Pete's been there all the way along. But I think you're going to hear a little more symmetry between a Mike McDonald and a Jed Fish in Seattle. Um, one's a little older, but I think they both are the same guy. It's about the players and relating to those players, recruiting those players for Jed, developing those players for Mike McDonald and doing it a little different way. I just think it's funny. I think if you were to describe Pete Carroll and, and Mike McDonald to somebody who didn't know them, not with pictures and certainly if you didn't give their age, but if you just described them and their strengths their weaknesses, et cetera, I think people would think that Pete was the young one and McDonald was the old one. I mean, truly, if you just played the audio. If you just played the audio of those two guys and you had a totally blind listening audience say, hey, which one's 36 and which mm-hmm. one's 72? <laughs> they would get that one wrong. I think they very well might, seriously. Uh-huh. But he said some really great things yesterday. Here he is uh, on the qualities he's looking for in coaches. You have to have high character in men and women with integrity. I want to see a track record of being able to connect with your players and a growth mindset of, hey, this is why we did some things, efficiency in how they teach and things that make sense. So in our systems, we're gonna be able to get to a lot of different things. And in order to do that, you have to be incredibly clear. And so when I'm listening to how they do things, I want clarity on what they're asking from their players and and how they've they've gone about their business. Clarity, growth Mm. mindset. I mean, just Mm. a lot of the words he used, uh, and and we mentioned it earlier. Yeah, they do. They are certainly business terms saying men and women on his coaching staff. I mean, like there were a bunch of things that when you heard it, it's like, wow, this guy's got a very clear vision for what it is he wants to set out there. Disruptor. I think Schneider said that a couple different times. Another big business term. Another big business term right now that you see going on in a lot of a lot of these growing and growth businesses. Hey, man, what is your growth potential? You know what, though? I got, you know, some of these disrupting businesses (laughs) like. I, I appreciate that no, they disrupt and have no, their level ahead. of success. Here we go. But doesn't it feel like after a while it goes back to the way it was before? Like a, a few years ago, major disruption, right, in the taxi cab industry. 
Is it really that different now? The prices have gone way back up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the quality of the automobile is no longer what it was. But like, it's all basically what it used to be with cabs. Mm-hmm. Seriously. Mm-hmm. They did a great job of disrupting for a few years. Certainly the people involved made a lot of money. We as customers got a couple of years to enjoy it. And now it's just kind of back to what it was. Mm-hmm. It's too bad. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, if you go with Uber Black I mean, it's, or Uber Well, expense-wise, I mean, that's well, off the charts. Well, I mean, if you're you, Brock, and you can afford that, then, yeah, it's like it used to be traveling around in a limo. But for the rest of us who were looking for sort of a cheaper way to get around, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't say it's working that way at all anymore. Let's give you things you actually need to know next. It's Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. First, You would have to be one of the last people in Seattle to have not heard. But yes, the Seahawks did introduce Mike McDonald for his introductory press conference yesterday. I guess that makes sense since I just said introduced twice. But uh, I liked him. I liked what he had to say yesterday. I thought he acquitted himself quite well. He didn't win anything, but he certainly showed why he was the hire. Because until now, all we had to go on was what he did in Baltimore. Now we got an opportunity to see what he might look like leading a group, leading that building. And he was very, very clear that the building was important to him. This is a humbling, humbling feeling that I'm feeling right now in, in front of everybody. And I want to, especially everybody in the organization in the back, it's, uh, this is pretty cool. Just, it feels like we're in this thing together, you know? And, um, and this is a responsibility that my wife and I, we take we take extremely seriously. I like his team approach like with too. his family, and I yep. love the idea that we're all in this together, including the entire staff there. Yep, totally get it, and you know that that helps, Salk. When you've been in a place for a decade, that's a quality organization. When you've worked for the Harbaugh's, that are pretty high character, pretty high quality people. When you worked in an organization that has made it about their players and knows the importance, you know, I think it, on, on those surveys, remember. Last offseason, they did all those surveys, the the agents and the players mm-hmm. around the league, and you looked at some of the best ownership. Guess what? It's right, right out there in Baltimore. I mean, it's it's one of the best-run organizations, and he's cut his teeth in it and knows it's not going to be about him. And I like what you said earlier. You got a sense when you sat in that team room, right? And yesterday, it was all you in the media and people in the organization. Soon enough, it'll be all the players, and he's going to have to – present as a head coach, not as a linebacker coach, not as a secondary coach, not as a D coordinator the last three years, but as the head coach leading all those men and women. And he kind of started to feel like, okay, yeah, now I get and understand why he interviewed so well. He wasn't the only one talking yesterday. John Schneider spoke as well. And this was a telling comment. It's uh, all about who's changing the marketplace. Who's going to change the marketplace? And it just hit me like, okay, when we're interviewing all these people, who's going to change the marketplace? And, uh, the product is the product. He's done it. He's seen it. And uh, that's why he was assistant coach of the year. Uh, you know, I've had two really strong feelings leaving Pittsburgh several years ago. Like, we will never, ever look like that again. Um, I think it might have been our first year or second year. I can't remember. It was not It was not cool. And um, leaving Baltimore this year. And uh, that was not cool. But congratulations. <laughs> Yeah, it, that that had an effect on John. We talked about that a couple for a couple weeks, didn't we? Mm-hmm. The impact in those moments, those imprints, and when you get just physically humiliated, when it looked like a high school JV team versus the high school varsity team, 500 yards to 100 yards, six first downs in the entire game, 47 plays, you pose no threat. And by the way, 
they stepped off the gas. Right. It could have been, been a 700-yard day. They could do whatever they wanted to do. John remembered it. Not terribly surprised he pulled someone from that other side. Here's the second thing you need to know. All right, so who are they going to pull next? Because they're going to need coordinators to go on to this coaching staff. We heard a couple of names yesterday. Former UW offensive guy Ryan Grubb, who, of course, now is in Alabama. And then we also heard the name Tanner Engstrand, who, again, every time I hear it, I feel like he plays for, like, the L.A. Kings. But he's a quarterback coach in Detroit. What do you make of those first two options? Don't know the latter, know the former very well. And 80% of, I don't know, 10,000 folks on my little Twitter poll there close to it said, yeah, I'd like to see Ryan Grubb back here. I like that offense. It had a lot of answers. And do, do the answers mean throwing it and leading the league in passing as Michael Penix led the country in passing the last couple of years? Not necessarily. But if this guy wants answers and solutions, along with some of the other business terms you heard of disruptors and growth mindset, you also heard that a bunch from John and him. Hey, we gotta have solutions, man. We gotta find answers for our players. We gotta find answers. Ryan Grubb system, Salky, Kalen system. Yeah, that finds a lot of answers for he, a lot of different dudes. He was asked about that offensive coordinator spot. Uh, it's not near the top of the list. We're looking for the right the right person to come in here and, and build this thing. So we want someone that's open minded, that has a growth a growth mindset, that can connect with their players, and uh, and build build a system. You know. That's that's unique to the Seattle Seahawks. That's going to live here for a long time, I th- and he's going to be the one spearhead. I think I should point out that that con- that question that was asked, I think, was about experience. Uh-huh. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong yeah. about that. But I think the question was, does that person need to have a lot of experience? And the fact that he said, yeah, it's not really all that important, yeah. I think is somewhat telling. Well, what kind of experience, college or pro? Because you know we're seeing more and more of these college guys go to the pro and going to be continued mm-hmm. to want to go to the pro where the field is much, much more level. So I like the old line background, and I don't think this is too bad to say. I mean, off the record, we chatted with Pete at different times. He admired Kalen DeBoer's system. He admired Ryan Grubb. He admired Nick Saban wanting to pull Ryan Mm -hmm. Grubb the year before down to Tuscaloosa in Alabama. He said no then, and I don't know, maybe after a few weeks or a month down in Tuscaloosa, he said, you know what, I like a whole lot more. I think I'm good. Bellevue, Washington. Let's go back to Bellevue. That seems a little bit more my speed. Here's the third thing you need to know. wrap things up here with the Mariners. Uh, didn't have, were never able to complete a deal with Baltimore this offseason. It did seem like those two organizations were a good match for each other, but Orioles finally got their arm yesterday. It's Corbin Burns, former Cy Young Award winner in Milwaukee, who heads to Baltimore for a package centered on infielder Joey Ortiz. As for the Mariners, John Morosi joining Wyman and Bob yesterday said, yeah, they're kind of trying to close that gap, or at the very least, it hasn't gotten too much worse well, i think the gap is about where it was at this time last year and, and about where it was when when the season ended which was close and a few games one way or the other away from from being in the dance it all aligned for texas really well uh, now Corey seager as you may have seen this week he's gonna have, he had core muscle surgery on a sports hernia hmm. he may not be good to go for opening day all that's a way of saying for seattle to win this division and you think about Houston as well, they need to get off to a good start because Texas is going to get better, I believe, the more they play into the season. And so Seattle's opportunity is early. By the way, uh, Baseball America also came out with their rankings of the farm system. Yeah. I dropped into the DMs of Luke Arkins like I typically do for these things. Yes. Where do you think the Mariners ranked? Farm system? Mm Mm-hmm. 13th. 16th. 2022, they were number one. Yep. Last year, they were 22nd as they made, you know, the Luis Castillo deal and others. 
climbed back up to number 16. What's what is telling? A couple things telling. Number one, their top 10 prospects. Yeah. Shortstop, catcher, shortstop, outfielder, traded your outfielder, first base, shortstop, outfielder, second baseman. That's how you get to Emerson Hancock at number Mm -hmm. 10. Do you actually have a pitcher? Also telling that uh, in your division, Texas, third best farm system. Oakland 25, Angels 28, Houston 29. Now that's if Oakland actually ends up having a team this year. We'll find out if that happens. All right, that's uh, everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Oh, I'm excited for this. Are you? I am. Where do you think this goes today? I like Friday phone lines. I know. It's so fun. Let's open them up. 866-979-3776. 866-979-3776. We got some time for you guys. Open phone lines in a week that saw a huge Mariners trade, on a week that saw the Seahawks land their guy and Mike McDonald, in a week where we first talked to Jed Fish. Whatever's on your mind, we want to hear from you. 866-979-3776. Your calls are next. You're listening to Brock and Saul. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. I love how you act surprised when I play this song every Friday. You know what? I don't think about it until all of a sudden it comes on (laughs) and it makes me happy. How does Fella Cootie not set your mood for the weekend? Gets your water moving. Yeah, listen to that. And you know what else happened exactly 10 years ago today? Yeah, I was just going to say that. Brandon Giacomini with a GoPro on the front of his hat <laughs> celebrating on the field as confetti was falling in New York, wow. actually New Jersey. Wow. Ten years ago today, the Hawks won that Super Bowl. That's Isn't that crazy? So weird. Ten years. That, does it feel like ten years? In ways. Does it feel longer? Yes. <laughs> Feels like a long time today. Oh, I'll I tell you that much. much. Yeah. I had one of the greatest nights of my life. That my friend owned a restaurant, closed the whole place down. It was forty bucks a person, all you can eat and all you can drink. It was just like cover our bases. Uh, come again? My friend owned a restaurant and shut it down for just his friends. And he's like, I'm just going to break even. It's $40, all you can eat, all you can drink all night. And wow. after that, I lived on a houseboat at the time. We left from the restaurant, went to the houseboat, partied on the roof of the houseboat, then went down and joined the riot in Pioneer Square. My parents saw me on TV riding my scooter through the, 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 the crowd. Yeah, it was a blast. God, what a great night. Gosh, of 10 course. Years ago. <laughs> yeah. That's only been 10 years. Lots changed since then. Yeah. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, you want to hear from the people? What are the people going to talk about today? 866-979-3776. It's a huge week in Seattle sports. Every single Seattle sports fan should have some sort of a take today, whether it's about their new coach, whether it's a, and now that you've gotten a chance to hear from, what did you think? What did you think of Mike McDonald yesterday? What did you think of the reaction to Mike McDonald? What do you make of the Mariners trade this week? What do you make of our interview today with Jed Fish? Let's hear from you guys. 866-979-3776. Starting with one of the best, Roger in T-Town. What's up, Roger? What's up, fellas? How you doing? Good. So good to hear you. So, listen, the change had to be made, right? We 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 were stuck in that spot. Good, not great. Whether it was his coordinators, whether it was Pete's scheme, we couldn't figure out the 49ers defending them. The Rams had our number. We were going to be stuck. I was for the change. I was for McDonald being hired. But, man, we are going to miss Pete Carroll. Mm-hmm. His amazing organizational leader, he just didn't lead the offense and the defense and the teams. He led the entire organization. You know, the incredible positivity on the sidelines. When we're all freaking out, he's as cool as a cucumber. He, his leadership was unprecedented. His success was well-earned, you know. The, the, and then, 
you know, I got a chance to meet him through the station. And what people should know, in my little time meeting him, in our little time, bunch of listeners, he's the same guy. Yeah. You, you, he, we all got to ask him a question. He answered every single one of our questions. He's the same guy there as he is on the sidelines and that man behind the podium. What and you, the guy just Hey, heard. Roger, what do you think we're going to miss most about Pete, just since you brought it up? We're going to miss his just unflinching positive outlook. It just He just never blinked. You know, um, and, and like I said, the Seahawks played so many tight games. We're all at home gripping the couch, gripping the couch pillows. He is just calm. And so we're going to miss just the unbelievable confidence he had in what he was doing, mm, yeah. you know. And, and, yeah. and it didn't always work at the end. And like I said, we, we got stuck and we needed to make a change, but he should be honored big time. That's well said, Roger. I got a a text uh, from another one of our great listeners, Salk, and he said, man, McDonald's given more straight answers in that press conference yesterday than Pete did in the entire time he was here. Really? And you made a very astute point, and that point was, you hadn't played the game. <laughs> it's a lot easier to get straight answers about what? Hadn't had adversity. Hey, what happened in the game yesterday when you lost? Hadn't had a, a player... That. Hasn't had a player demand a trade. Hasn't had, like, I mean, he hasn't had any of that. This was your introduction. This was his chance to get in the batter's box and take BP and hit off the tee and hit a home run, and he did. But there's going to be adversity, and this league is all about how you handle yeah. that adversity and Pete's ability to cover. And and, that, and, I, and to answer your questions, that, that's what I would say. Mm-hmm. So he never burned any bridge with any coach or any player and never buried anyone for 14 years. One. And even that didn't burn, but the Russ bridge was pretty close. I mean, come on. Of all of them, that's the one where you'd be like, okay, he kind of kind of kind of went out of his way to to force some of the issue. After he left. left, Yes. After he left. But that's really the the only one in all of that time. Yeah, Pete, you know, reminds me of another guy that I spent a lot of time covering, and that's Terry Francona, who both would do very much the same thing. Cover for your players at all costs. And I get a sense this guy's gonna do the same. Just, yep. just the way he spoke about players and their importance. He knows that it's about them rather than being about him. Mm-hmm. And I think that's gonna I think that's gonna lead him to to probably do some of the same stuff. All right, eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. A little disappointing right now, Brock. Yeah. On the call front. There's an open phone line. I mean, I'm shocked. Jeez. What is going on with people? You don't have something to say? Do we do do we do you guys don't have a thought about the I new coach of Morris? You intimidated by Salk? You what intimidated by it could be Morris said she goes, everybody's just discontent. Impossible. Everybody's just this satisfied? Well, they can't be that satisfied with the Mariners. That would be impossible. Like, what's going on with you people? 866-979-3776. I mean, they're happy about Polanco. Jeff's in Tacoma. What's up, Jeff? Good morning. Optimism. Hey, oh, this is DJ Jazzy Jeff coming out of Tacoma. Once again, out of the T-Town from down south. Rocky, sulky. Trolls in the back. Did y'all miss me? No. (laughs) Okay. Okay, fair enough. Well, yes. Let me get this, let me get to my content here. Uh, Go quick. Let's just say this. I was hungry and I just had a Big Mac, and I'm still hungry, so I'm ordering if uh, Grubhub orders from Alabama. Do you know what I'm saying? Ooh, that's a good little play right there. Yeah, you got the big meal. I called it yesterday, getting the heavy part of your lift in. Right. A lot of people like to do that heavy bench early, Salk. So I know you did down at Pomona when your pecs were popping. Mm. When you're in the best shape of your life, you're on that bench press first. But now, man, we got to finish out everything else. i got to get to my try and my buy and my core. And that's what's going on right now. The heavy lift, 
Mike McDonald's there. Why did he get on a plane yesterday with John Schneider and get his butt down to Mobile, Alabama? Because that's where all the other coaches are and scouts and other people and agents. And to get going on the evaluation of in filling out, A, your staff, and B, what the rest of this thing is going to look like. Yeah. No, I think that's good. I wonder what that's like for him when he shows up in out. First of all, he's got to be exhausted. Right. I mean, the, the whirlwind couple of days and flying across the country and then back to Alabama. Yep. His wife probably went home, I would think, to start thinking about what how they're going to move here and all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that's a whirlwind. But... Literally, they literally went from the press conference up to John's office, yes. started making those calls to grubbing others. And, to, you know, you got to put and formulate your staff. And then you got to get down there, and now you're playing catch up because everybody else has been down there for three days. So now all your scouts and your personnel people and your directors, yeah, man, it is uh, warp speed. Not going to be much time for sleep here. Right, so let's uh, let's jump back into the calls. Eight six six nine seven nine three seven seven six. Evan in Puyallup. Good morning, Evan. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, kind of the point I want to go with or talk about is uh, Grubb as the OC for the Seattle Seahawks. I saw an article about him yep. possibly coming back to Washington State and I think it would be uh, I think it would be an awesome hire. He, he killed it as a play caller for the Dogs and I kind of wanted to get Brock's um, opinion on it. Biggest strength are two things, Evan. Thank you for the phone call. Number one is O-line background. That, to me, is incredibly appealing. The best play caller on earth. Sorry, Shanahan. Sorry, McVay. But Andy Reid's got the hardware in the development of Patrick Mahomes. The best guy on earth knows the line of scrimmage. Andy Reid came up through being an offensive line coach, and that is Ryan Grubb, and he is feisty now. Like, I don't know if he'll treat, you know, grown men and professionals with contracts the same way he did the 17 to 22 year olds, but you go to practice and he's the one that's loud. He's the one that's, you know, like most O-line coaches, he is barking order. So he has that understanding, which in the league is critical. You know, you can, the great Tom Moore, we can run all of this stuff, but we can run it on toilet paper and I'll draw it up on toilet paper and, and wipe myself with it. If we can't protect, oh. you have to protect first and foremost. Okay. I love that. Secondly, He finds solutions and answers. You want to talk about growth potential? That system. I sat there in the stands like, how are they doing this every play? How are they check with me? Peyton Manning was check with me, but you know how many formations we ran, Salk? Two. Trips right and doubles right. We lived in two formations, and you could check everything to that. They get in a formation. They motion. They were top five in the country in pre-snap movement and shifts yeah. before the snap. I think you gotta you got to show that it's not just a passing offense, right? Correct. I mean, I think that, that is – That's the biggest question he'll have to answer. He'll yeah. get a job if he explains that well. Yeah. He'll get this job if he defines, <laughs> hey, man, this is going to be my run game at the next level. I know I'm going to have to learn some things. I know it's a lot harder to move, man, and impose your will at the line of scrimmage in this NFL. Yeah. But if he can do that, I think he's got a great chance to get this job. All right, 866-979-3776. John's in Everett. What's up, John? Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. Love the show, guys. Thanks. Uh, the biggest thing that stood out to me yesterday in the press conference that really got my water moving, if you will, Brock, <laughs> nice. um, was uh, something along the lines of, and I'm paraphrasing, he said something along the lines of offenses in this league are too good to just do the same three things yep. and expect to just have better talent. Amen. And so that I'm excited to see what he does. John, I gave that an amen and a hallelujah. Wow. Let me hear a hallelujah. Uh, because that's what we did. Thank you. Appreciate that. And ever, uh, that's more rhetorical, but I love it. The water's moving. I'm moving. I'm feeling good. And I love that answer. You can't, you think you can just go up and play these base defense and play. So the Seahawks played base defense, base defense. 
Oh yeah, this is gonna be great. We're gonna we're gonna be disruptors. No, you're not. You're gonna get gouged by everybody, including Schaub at 45 years old, looking like Gomer Pyle throwing for 495 on your head. Like adjust, make changes. Don't just say you're gonna be a disruptor. Go out there and do it week to week. His defenses at Michigan and Baltimore have done it. Hope we can do that here in Seattle as well. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting one, and it, it it keeps coming back to the theme, which is it almost feels as if ever every answer he gave was the opposite of Pete. It, it, it really does feel like, yes, they're going to keep the culture the same. You're going to keep positivity the same. You're not going to go with a Mike Vrabel or a Bill Belichick. But other than that... It's going to be player-centric. Why don't you say it that way? Okay, fine. It'll still be player-centric. Yes. But after that, <laughs> everything else is going to be about as different <laughs> as it could be. Uh, so you want to go from old to young. You yes. want to go from joking to serious. You want to go from a lot of words to a few. You want to go from go, Monarchs to Jordans. You want to go from base defense <laughs> to a lot of confusing different defenses. If there was a difference to be had, mm-hmm. it sure seemed like it came out yesterday. It's got to be so weird to try to fill a Pete Carroll-sized hole. Right. You can't even think about like it, the, Justin. You, that's what I was going to say. It's like, can't so even think about it. You have to go completely blank slate, but you can't yep. ignore it. Either. And that has to be why he's here instead of Dan Quinn. Yep. Because ultimately, it, it seems very obvious they wanted to go in a completely different and new direction. That's why the word future was used the way it was. 866-979-3776. Let's go uh, Molly in Everett. What's up, Molly? Um, thank you guys so much for everything that you talk about in the morning. Me thank and my you. husband, Brian, love you guys. <laughs> um, I I think what really stood out to me when I was watching the press conference, besides getting like a little bit teary-eyed when he walked in, <laughs> um, was that his verbiage was incredible with how he was using the word we rather than using them. So, mm. like, um, you know, he was saying he was – Speaking the Seahawks, like, he's already a part of it. I mean, he had been a part of it, what, like a day mm-hmm. or a couple hours at that point. <laughs> but he was, everything that he was speaking um, about the Seahawks was that it was we and us. Mm. Um, and that really stood out to me. That got me super excited that, like, we have somebody who's, like, so incredibly on board with us mm. already. And he he loves us. He, he loves the 12s, you know? <laughs> that's really good, Molly. And I think that speaks totally to what John Schneider was saying when he said this guy's a learning climber or, or a learning, um, excuse me, let me uh, networker versus a climbing networker. Learning networkers use those pronouns, we and us. Climbing networkers use the word I yeah. and me, you know, and I think there's a distinct difference in that. And this guy understands management. He majored in that. That was his background, not just numbers and math and all of that. This guy knows how to to, to manage and he's managed in, you know, yeah. an incredibly high level and, well, and blew a lot of people away through the interview process. Yeah, as you will often get on this show, a uh, fantastic discussion about pronouns. Um, they're very yes. important in today's day and age. <laughs> And uh, Brock and I are not going to leave those <laughs> tough subjects untouched. No, we're not. No, we will we're absolutely not. talk pronoun, yes. pronouns yep. on this show. And yep. you heard it right there. Thank we, you, Molly and Brian. Us, appreciate you. Not me uh-huh. and I. Let's do some <laughs> ranking. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Sock. Top ten list. I'm not buying it. Ranked. So a pronoun conversation, Brock. I wish people, I gosh, I should, you know what I'm going to do from this day forward? What's that? 
And I know it's way late in the game. I'm keeping all my show notes. Jeez. I'm going to go to Office Depot, and I'm going to get a three-ring binder, and I'm going to date them all. Why? And seriously, because it is just, look at the, the musings of a madman. <laughs> it's just my mind and all of the different things that you learn and all the little tidbits and things that people say <laughs> that you learn from. And yeah, from this day forward, I'm doing it. Mark it. February 2nd. You take a lot more notes during the show than I do. I have to. My mind works that way. You don't take... You don't have to do that, right? You don't take... I've taken two notes. No, I've written down two words today. I'm just looking through. The, the only <laughs> words I've written down today are and women. <laughs> do you need to see my show notes Out of context. Again, out of context. What? A very weird thing The only say. thing I've written down, I have a little doodle here, which I did at some point, and I wrote and women. You should, explain, you should explain that really quickly before. We... Oh, I just thought it was interesting the way he's <laughs> talking about coaches. And he said men and women. Oh, that's right. Yes. You so didn't I... write down the BBL, huh? I No. I Googled that. But I yeah, I wrote down and women, if anybody needs Thank to you. see that. Justin, okay. you're yeah. ranking today. What's I am. up? Have you guys heard about, speaking of learning, the, the new uh, CBS camera that's going to be in the Super Bowl this year? The Doink camera. Mm. Have you guys seen yes. this and read about this yet? Yeah. Okay. It's obviously, yeah. we, we know why and what that's going to be, but I made me wonder and ask you guys, what are the best cameras in all sports? The best views, the best oh. fan view to experience and enjoy the product. And that leads to today's rank. Can I give five. you a tiny little tidbit on that, course, by the way? Yes. Because the UFL, formerly the USFL and the XFL. Yep. Right, totally innovative. And that's where Skycam came from, I was going to say, way. a lot of these things probably yes, came right. from those Came leagues. from the original XFL. Yeah. But do you know that there's lasers on these uprights? Lasers? They can't really use them because it affects air travel. Oh, that would make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So there's a little tidbit for you. Oh, okay. that's fun. Okay. Oh, my doink! <laughs> Sorry. Okay, so... That's Fern Lundquist. The best camera views in sports. People oh, are going to hate We Clayton saying double doink? We must have that somewhere. Sorry, yeah. the best what, Justin? Best camera views and angles in all sports. We all watch a lot on TV, and you probably haven't even noticed. Maybe you have, but many of these. Okay. Maybe for the first time. I know which mention, one better not ahead, be on this We're going to go ahead and say doink cam first. High potential, mm-hmm. but, it's, but we haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. It's going to go dormant for most of the year, but yep. I'm really excited if we do get a big moment in the Super Bowl for the first time we get to use doink cam. Okay. Uh, how about the base cam? Baseball. I like that. I like when they go sliding in. You oh. see the little pieces of dirt. Yep. Yeah, it's good. It's, now that, especially that these cameras are getting a little bit better and higher def. Yep. Do you include the, the, the home the, the home base cam to that? I'm gonna that put the, yeah all the bases for these Oof, cams because you, awesome. you only get to see them really usually later in the playoffs with that right. camera in front of the home plate, not actually mm-hmm. on the plate. Love those. You put you like you get the speed of the game in the those. The ones in so the bases are especially cool. <laughs> they come sliding in, totally dirts nice. everywhere. It's pretty sweet. Uh, how about another classic? These are honorable mentions. The blimp cam. It's a classic. Bird's eye view of the stadium. You get the parking lot. You get a city. You get yeah, the best Salk's sunsets. Salk's not a blimp guy. Kind of overrated. Ah, great perspective. A little He's not a blimp guy. A little, a little overrated. For how yeah. big these events can now be. Now overrated. Yeah. All right, I another agree. honorable mention. The tunnel cam. When a player is leaving the field, oh. you get that somber, high view mm. security camera that's just still. I mean, or you get Lamar Jackson's race to the bathroom. I'm sure, that's good. <laughs> Constant race. To but the it's bathroom. like a weird, authentic look in sports. Just, like it. I love like those. It. You get the like real it. facial facial expressions. Mm. Uh, another honorable mention: the cockpit camera. Most driving sports have these: the F1 cars, yeah. NASCAR. Yeah. Oh yeah. Drag racing, some motorcycle sports, you get that view of what the first person view of what it looks like to be in there. Mm. Usually those aren't very good quality either, no. though, so I'm not going to put Like when they rip box. off the, the windshield? Oh, that camera is, we'll get to look. Oh, that was that. later. We'll okay, sorry. Uh, another, another one that's not in my top five, the pylon camera. It's fun. 
Wow. But it's never high def. It's always just getting crushed. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's less cool. It doesn't deserve a top it's five. It's part of the action. It is part of the action, but it's just not a top five camera for wow. any sports. <laughs> Tough grading system. Starting number five. Be, I thought there'd be less honorable mentions. Thank yeah. you. Sorry, sorry, Mar. It's a real straightforward rank, but they're still honorable mentions. You promise. Number five. Only one sport has it, but it adds so much cool factor to the viewing experience. The catcher or the home plate umpire camera. Mm. Oh, that technology's gotten better too, so the views are getting clear. You can see how impossible it is to hit anything, or when they do, how incredible it is to see yeah. a home run from home plate. Do you know why it works best in baseball versus the umpire cam in football? And yeah, don't not in football. No, well, more because so. be- the players it's aren't moving that much. Because the catcher and umpire has to have that face forward, right? Sure. The, yeah. The, right. I mean, so they are like correct versus an ump cam and all those things that yep. are moving around, seeing what traffic's coming at them. They know they've got to keep that mask. Right dead straight, mm-hmm. or they're going to take one off the side of their and, head. And uh, sometimes when it's mic'd up, you can hear those little interactions between yep. the two. I, I love those. Yep, I like but that. This is just about cameras. Gosh, about microphones, you guys. Wow. That's number five. Number four, wow. it's not in every sport, but football's perfected it the sky cam. Yeah. You get in the huddles, you get to see the motions better. You get to, the analysts get to explain yeah. what they mean by gaps and oh, blitzes. And you it's like using best. that one, Brock? It's the best camera there is. Oh, it's added so for, much for me. Enjoyment. Like, I could do a whole game with just that. Well, I need the all 22, just those two. Yeah. And uh, it's about 100 grand a game to operate. It is a lot of money, those operators. And when they got to come in and set it up, some of the different places and stadiums and college in particular are not built for it. Yeah. And they got to bring big cranes in, and it's a massive undertaking. And baseball's got the cable camera thing that's, that's pretty good. That goes I like down that. the baseline. It's cool. Yeah. But- it, it adds some fun motion and perspective, but it's not really as useful so as the experiencing Masters, the, the sport like the Skycam is. Between 12 and 13 at the Masters, and mm. I didn't like it because I didn't like hearing this above yeah. me with the azaleas blooming. I was like, get that out of here. Yeah. But it provides some amazing shots. All right, you okay. guys are going to disagree with number three maybe here, but it, it's high on my list. The race car bumper camera. The rear bumper view yeah. of oh, yeah. watching any That's other pretty sport. Good. It is so in- there's a different emotion about when you know you're being chased, right? Mm. Like it invokes something very different well, inside you. And the nice thing about, I mean, NASCAR does a great job of so all their good. cameras, but you really see how close they all and are to each other. And oh. the that stuff's pretty the amazing. Road. Yeah, oh. that how, stuff is amazing. How much they bounce, the bumping and, and grinding. Right. <laughs> I would say oh, no sport God. has Friday, done it. better. <laughs> New Brock. It took it took me to the final yeah. two yeah. minutes. But it's every a loose other Friday. View in sports is about looking uh-huh. forward, mm-hmm. right? And there's just something like anxiety ridden about looking backwards about being chased. They do such a good job with their technology. And cameras the way those and cameras clean themselves, phenomenal. like you're saying, when grinding they get, all my life, I've they, been grinding all my life. Grit or oil on them, and then all of a sudden they just like wipe clean. I, the technology is great. Okay, that's number three. Number two, yes, the one every sport has, and it's great because it's so versatile and it's so useful. The super high def slow mo cam, just yeah. in general, the yep. crazy high def. Yep. yep. You get to clarify scoring. You get to see release and spin on baseballs. You get tires yep. spinning and drag racing. Well, you're missing yep. one of the great parts of that too. The fan cutaway. At every commercial break. That's oh. my favorite of the slow-mo cam. Oh, I, was, I thought you were going to say golf. Golf has it oh, so, sure. like, when you yeah. get the really, really close-up of the ball and you can see the little Impacts. blades of grass yeah. or the little bits of sand coming up yeah. out of the trap. How That's about, unbelievable. How about in, like, yeah. fighting sports, you get the face, like, altering punches and the, <laughs> oh, yeah. the sweat. Okay. Mm-hmm. Number two. Number one now. The greatest camera view in all sports. The handheld steady cam that runs onto the field during celebrations. <laughs> 
it puts Bouncing you all over. No, 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 no. Steady no, cam. Hulk. Oh, this is now heavy, dude. Steady cam. Running out yes. from the sidelines of the dugout, mm-hmm. and it goes straight into the celebration on the field yep. that takes yep. you as a fan who's never going to have that experience yep. directly in the middle. I got to tell you, there's nothing better for me. Hot. I'm disappointed. My number one camera didn't even make an honorable mention. Wow. My number one of ones didn't an even get wall camera. It's the one. It's it's only in certain parks. But when you're straight over the pitcher's head instead oh, of offset yeah. from the Not right from shoulder, the side. and you get to really it's see, cool. it's just I like yeah. it better. Nope. It's number one. Thank you. I'm, people Penalty are gonna hate, box. People can't. are gonna hate my number one. Penalty cam box. That's a good one. It's, only, it's just so quick. It's so short. Well, yeah. I mean, you don't need to see them doing that much. You want to see there. what guys are doing when they're put in timeout. Yeah. See how mad they are. Sometimes there's some other. jawing going on. Yeah. I'm with you more. <laughs> I like when you get a camera inside the goal, too, and the puck hits it, and the camera, like, all of a sudden is now facing straight yeah. up or something like that. The problem with helmet cameras and, like, action sports is they're so shaky. Correct. That's why I love that steady cam running mm-hmm. onto the field. Mm-hmm. Are we going to That's go? what it looks Man, like. I was sure fun chopping it up with you for today. <laughs> Sorry. That's cool. Chopping it up's good stuff. Chopping it up with Mo. That's what we it's do. It's good enough for Mike McDonald and John Schneider. It's good enough. Yep. A lot of people more uh, uh, suggesting earlier when there was a the idea that maybe you would leave us to go be on Mike McDonald's staff. That you could send in the defensive hand signals and everybody Give would be, me call. It'd be like bold face type for hand signaling because <laughs> everyone would be able to read it so well. Mm. All right. We got to go. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll catch you guys Monday morning at 6 a.m. Until then. Love bye. y'all. Thanks for listening. Aww. In the barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper!